Last week on Let's Talk Supply Chain, we put out a very special episode of our Woman in Supply Chain series. Instead of our usual one-on-one interview, I was joined by three incredible women to talk about a really important topic that has been bugging me for a while, and that's money. More specifically, women and money, and why women need to stop working for free and why we need to lift each other up rather than creating unnecessary competition. So Katie Date, Marina Mayer, and Joanne Dizzy joined me to talk all about growing together so that we can really try to close that gender gap. Whatever gender you are, this is an important episode to tune into. So if you missed it, you can catch up over on letstalksupplychain.com, on our YouTube channel, or anywhere else that you subscribe to the show. It was episode 384. Let's Talk Supply Chain is not your average supply chain podcast. We feature not just the top of the industry, but also diverse voices from within the community, new innovations, and the disruptors making waves in the industry. Don't listen to the same old, same old. Be sparked by new ideas and fresh perspectives only on Let's Talk Supply Chain. When you're looking for cutting-edge resources on innovation and trends across supply chain, where do you go? What about when you're on a mission to find like-minded professionals and cultivate relationships that go beyond an emoji reaction? And what about when you're trying to generate leads, build campaigns, and get ahead of the game in the unique world of supply chain marketing? Supply Chain has been missing a single collaborative hub that brings people and ideas together in an environment that is safe yet stimulating for everyone until now. Just one platform that's as dynamic and innovative as you are. Welcome to the Secret Society of Supply Chain, a private network for the supply chain community. An industry first brought to you by supply chain media entrepreneur, Sarah Barnes-Humphrey. The Secret Society of Supply Chain brings professionals of all backgrounds and experience levels together in the industry's largest dynamic network, focusing on industry learning and career development, as well as networking and community. The Secret Society of Supply Chain hosts all the content, connection, and creativity you need for supply chain success. But which group is for you? Well, head over to letstalksupplychain.com, find the Secret of Society banner, and take the quiz and join our waitlist. There are limited number of spots available, so make sure to get on that waitlist so that you are one of the first into the Secret Society of Supply Chain. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Supply Chain. Before we get on with the show, I have a question for you. According to Gartner, how much does poor data quality cost companies? I talk so often about the importance of good data, but just how much is dirty data costing us? Well, let me know your guesses over on social media and keep listening because I'll let you know at the end of the show. So today, I'm joined by a brand that is on a mission to democratize supply chain planning with a platform that helps businesses, large and small, to move forward faster with greater agility, resilience, confidence, and sustainability. They've been on the show once before. So do you remember who it is? Well, I'll reveal it all after the question of the week. So the question we asked you, what emoji best describes your 2023? Well, 45% of you had the mind-blown emoji. I mean, doesn't that just sum up 2023? 24% of you had the sunglasses emoji. I want to know what that means. Were you on vacation most of 2023? Did you sail right through 
Did you just play it super cool? 23% of you said had the working emoji <laughs> sitting behind your laptop and work and work and work and work and work. And I know that's how it felt like for me. And 8% of you had the emoji with the stars in the eyes, which I think means you had a pretty impactful a year. Jim has the best emoji. He responded with a fire extinguisher emoji for all the supply chainers out there. I'm sure you can relate to that. And Tom said, let the sun shine. I'll wear my shades to screen out the glare. And Michelle's emoji is the crying emoji. Oh, no. Well, I hope that you have a better year in 2024. Thank you so much to everybody who weighed in on the question of the week. We do ask a question over on the Let's Talk Supply Chain LinkedIn and Instagram every single Wednesday morning. So head over there and be part of the conversation. Now back to today's episode and which longstanding supply chain tech company is joining me today? Well, it's Gains. Gains is the supply chain performance optimization company. Its platform drives faster, smarter decisioning everywhere inventory matters. So with Gains, supply chain teams can make all the right decisions at speed and scale to right-size inventory, strengthen performance, and fulfill customer promises. And it's Jeff, Vice President of Solution Strategy at Gains, that is joining me for the show with over 35 years of experience in applying advanced analytics to improve supply chain performance. Jeff has helped hundreds of organizations adopt and implement supply chain design and planning principles and technologies, delivering value and impact on their bottom line and competitive edge. So today, Jeff and I will be talking all about decision-making in supply chain. We're going to dive into exactly what decisioning looks like across the industry right now. The risks inherent in taking an intuitive approach, embracing volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, and how GAINS is driving better decision-making for its clients by putting a focus on configuration and optimization. So welcome to the show, Jeff. How are you? Thanks for joining great, me Sarah. today. I'm doing great, Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. Now, in our last episode, we heard all about gains, who you are, what you do, how you help your customers, and it was really insightful for me and really understanding the impact that you are and you and your team and, and gains are making on the industry. And so today we're going to be talking about decision making. Absolutely. And that is so important for supply chain, for supply chain professionals, optimization, right. as we think about the future of the industry and what we want that to look like. So before we get started, why don't you tell everybody who you are, what you do, sure. and uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, so at Gaines, I'm the Vice President of Solution Strategy. Okay. And so what that means is kind of I wear two hats, if you will. Mm -hmm. One is helping to shape the overall uh, future strategy and vision of the company mm -hmm. uh, and where we're heading on the longer awesome. term. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also head up our design business, our supply chain design business unit. So based on uh, an acquisition that Gaines made in okay. the spring. Mm -hmm. uh, with a company called Three Tenants Optimization, mm -hmm. we now are squarely in the supply chain design arena. Okay. Um, and that's kind of been between planning and design. So I've been at this a little over 35 years. Mm -hmm. um, it's been a combination of being out in industry uh, in the beginning part of my career at GM okay. and IBM. Um, I've been wow. in five different software companies back in the day, from mm -hmm. I2 Technologies to LlamaSoft, mm -hmm. uh, and now here at Gaines and a few other smaller ones in between, part of the leadership teams there. 
Uh, and then I was the co-founder of a management consultancy that's based here in Atlanta called Chainalytics. Okay. Uh, where I head up the supply chain design and planning practice. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love the design part. So I've got a lot of um, next generation talking about supply chain, coming into supply chain, and design is very, very important to them. They really like the creativity yeah. part that comes behind supply chain design. And I've been talking about that a lot recently um, because prior to that, we were talking a lot about visibility. Yep. But now it seems to be more about the design, the yep. planning, the yep. orchestration, right? What do we need to know? What do we need to plan for? What do we need to design for? Right. And it really brings out, and people don't, when they think about supply chain, they don't really think about the creativity aspect and what we can actually do and design. Yep. So for those that don't understand supply chain design, can you just sure. give a little bit of an yeah. overview? Um, so, uh, you know, and, and I think part of it is the history of it. So classically, people have thought of about supply chain design is strategic network design, mm -hmm. and it's been all about infrastructure. Okay. So where Fair. where do I put my capacity inside Your of my warehouse. supply chain? Yeah. My warehouses, mm -hmm. my production, my strategic sourcing. Uh, but design is really also about the policies that govern and guide planning and execution. Okay. And so when we think about how do I flow product through my supply chain, mm -hmm. what modes of transportation do I use, what are my inventory policies and targets, mm -hmm. those are all governing policies that influence how we plan and then how we execute inside of them. I love that. So it's more of this ongoing continuous process. Yes, there's infrastructure mm -hmm. and kind of capacity-related decisions, but there's tactical operational flow okay. and policy-based decisions as well. It's kind of been caught in the middle. What Do we want to call it planning? Do we want to call it design? Uh, <laughs> I games like the just, design. Yeah, well, design it, games, we just really want to call it decisioning. And so, <laughs> okay, it's, it's, that's fair. you know, what are the decisions you want to make? And, <laughs> yep. and then where do they fit classically kind of in the, in the architecture or the yeah. infrastructure of doing well, that? Well, and that's what we're going to be talking about today yeah. is decisioning, which is a new word for my vocabulary. Okay. So ongoing disruptions around the globe. Right? They've really showed us that as an industry, we're ill-equipped for volatility. We weren't really set up for agile, strategic, effective decision-making. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Why is that? Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think part of it is the, if we look at the supply chain planning processes that have existed, and many of them have existed for the last 30 plus years. Right. Um, they were developed in an environment where things were relatively stable, mm -hmm. and they were relatively predictable. And supply chains were short, mm -hmm. right? They weren't as global in nature. Um, they weren't as interconnected. And now when we have this movement towards that, um, we've designed everything, going back to the design kind mm -hmm. of word, right? We've thought about the number one driver in supply chain forever as being cost. Okay. Right. And minimizing costs. Yes. Right? I used to get beat up as a forwarder <laughs> on cost. And so it's been what's the level of service I want to provide against mm -hmm. cost, but you know, the the financial part of the organization, the CFOs are driving us to get the costs as low as we possibly can yeah. to operate. And in a really stable, highly predictable world, it's a great objective. Right. But when it's not stable, mm -hmm. right, and there's a high level of volatility or uncertainty, mm -hmm. then driving just to cost mm -hmm. makes our supply chain super fragile. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and easy to break. And so the whole process has kind of been designed around I can predict, I can be on cadences, I can be predicting when I want to do my cycles of demand planning and SNOP. Yeah. But the environment today doesn't really warrant that. We've got to be able to make decisions when they're needed, not on some kind of fixed cadence. Well, and that's kind of the challenge, right? Decision making, we don't talk about this a lot, but decision making really is part of the challenge 
that we have in supply chain. Either we don't have enough information, yep. we're not entirely sure what all the options are, and are we considering all of the options, right? right? You yeah. know, I talk a lot on the show about decision-making being gut instinct, mm -hmm. and it has Intuitive. been a gut, yep. gut instinct for a very, very long time. And it's really common in supply chain, among supply chain professionals, especially been been in this industry for right. a long time. And right. you, you, you've seen it all, or <clears throat> almost everything, right? Nobody could have planned the pandemic. <laughs> right. um, so what are some of the inherent risks in decision making that maybe supply chain professionals, maybe they're thinking about, maybe they're not thinking about, and what should they be thinking about sure. when they're thinking about the decisions that they have to make on a day-to-day -day basis and the impact of those decisions? Yeah. It's, it's heavy. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's partly this notion that it, because it's become more and more complicated, so any way we look at it, um, complexities of supply chains have grown tremendously, mm -hmm. right? Um, when we try to understand, like for a human being to make a decision intuitively happens because we simplify things, Okay. right? So we make them as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. We look for patterns in how we made decisions in the past. Mm -hmm. And we assume that our past kind of actions and performance hold true today. Okay. So if we kind of couple it back to where we were before, this notion of we're not in a stable, predictable environment, mm -hmm. but yet I'm making my decisions as if I were. Okay, right? fair enough. And yep. so I, I get myself, quote unquote, into trouble in that environment. I'm trying to operate with my gut mm -hmm. based on past experiences. Mm -hmm. I'm simplifying things because it's too complicated to get my hand around or my head around right. what it means to do all of this. Um, and then what happens is I respond and react, mm -hmm. right? So instead of trying to understand all this complexity and uncertainty up yeah. front mm -hmm. in my decision-making process, I've decided... It's too hard, so I'll push that away and I'll respond at the end. Right. Right. And I'll keep on reacting to what's happening to mm -hmm. me. And we think it gains, we'll talk more about it. We think it gains, you need to flip that script and okay. talk about how to do more of it up front. Yeah. And I think it's human nature too, right? There's a bit sure. of human, human instinct in there. Right. Um, and that's kind of what we do, right? Right. But we also need the tools. We, we need, need the, the tools. tools. Right. We need the tips and the tricks yep. to help us. And we don't have unlimited time and we don't have unlimited cost. And we're thinking and, about <laughs> so many things. Like, right. how many decisions does a supply chain professional have to make on a daily basis? Uh, don't it's got to be in the tens of hundreds, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and for an organization, it's in the thousands, if right. you think about what's going on. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, as part of some research that I did recently before our user conference, um, thinking about how many decisions you make on a daily basis on the food you eat. Mm -hmm. I know, right? right? It's and, all I think about. And the research out there is like, for lunch? you're making over 200 <laughs> decisions a day. Right. Just on what food you're going to put in your body. So imagine wow. what someone's doing associated with supply chain decisioning. Wow, that's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about what that decision making in supply chain looks like at the moment. What's the process, yeah. the focus, the timings of yeah. typical dis supply chain decisions? And remember, we're making a lot of decisions on a daily basis. Right. I mean, decisioning today inside of supply chains, and it is this evolution over the last 30 years, and I wouldn't say it's evolved, it's been pretty static. Mm -hmm. um, it's been this time bucket oriented. 
So we think about things in the classical strategic, tactical, operational timeframes. Right. Right. We think about processes around source, make, deliver. Mm -hmm. And then we've we've created these processes of SNOP. And we've created demand planning and mm -hmm. manufacturing planning. So many acronyms. So right? many acronyms. Just so many JIT. Yeah. JIC. And, <laughs> and so many processes. And the focus, you know, if you think about people, people talk in terms of the processes. Yeah. But we really should be talking in terms of the decisions that we're making. Okay. And so everything is in this, what I mentioned before, it's a cyclical environment. Mm -hmm. We're not doing a great job of passing information and data from one process to the other. Mm -hmm. The policies and decisions that we may make in a strategic time frame don't necessarily flow all the way through. Okay, fair. Um, we're doing things almost completely deterministically. Mm -hmm. So there's no notion of variability and uncertainty in our decision making, mm -hmm. right? This is the cost that I'm expecting. These are my lead times. These are my yields and they're right. point numbers, right? Right. And so when I put that all together and then I do very limited scenario and sensitivity analysis today because mm -hmm. it's too complex, it's too burdensome to right. think through all the possible combinations. Yeah. Um, and and then, we might not even know them all. Well, we may not know them all. Right. Right. And we don't necessarily have the time because we haven't to set up the infrastructures yeah. and systems to support all yeah. that. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then in addition, we have been focused really on cost. Mm -hmm. um, is the number one driver of our decision making yeah. and then service. And that's just no longer efficient to yeah. do that anymore or acceptable. So talk to us about why it's not working or yeah. like it's not really working from what I'm gathering from you. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's working, but not as good as it needs to be. So okay. I, I would say that we've been in this, this environment of stagnation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a couple of examples. You think about um, SNOP as one example, as a process. Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. I can remember presenting at um, an IBF, Institute of Business Forecasting, mm -hmm. conference 10 years ago. Okay. And we talked about- I'm sure about, a lot has changed. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, it hasn't. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's part of the problem, mm -hmm. is that the actual results are not materializing. We talked about how companies are stuck in like this maturity of supply chain mm -hmm. uh, and operations planning at this level three out of five. Okay. Right? And they can't get beyond level three. That was 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Everything today says the exact same thing. Companies are still stuck and they can't be, get beyond level three. We're still at level three? We're still at level three in Ten general. 10 years later. 10 years later. All right. Right? So we're not moving forward there. When we think about things like forecast accuracy, mm -hmm. right, that's driving, there's, all, there's an overemphasis on that, but just using that as an example, mm -hmm. Um, at the skew level, yeah. so we think about forecasting, like let's say in a distribution environment, mm -hmm. what's my demand going to be for each skew at a stocking location? Right. We have an improved accuracy there. Mm -hmm. we're, we're stagnant there. Um, and so uh, inventory turns performance, right? So gains is all about helping companies you know, that have inventory you know, challenges mm -hmm. and inventory matters to them to do a better job with them. Right. And we've done a really good job of moving the needle for our customers that were before not on gains and then mm -hmm. they come on gains, but then we plateau, right. right? And so overall as an industry, we're not doing better on inventory turn performance. In fact, mm -hmm. we're doing worse. Oh. And even without the, I mean, you could put the pandemic in there, but even if you go back before the pandemic to mm -hmm. today, most of the industries that gains focuses on at a high level, mm -hmm. their turns are worse than they were before. Wow. So okay. things are not looking like we're moving the needle in the right direction with right. all this great planning and technology, yeah. right, that's associated with and it. And how do we get there? And that's what we're talking yeah, that's about what we're trying today, to talk about, right? right? So you say that we're living in a, is it a VUCA, VUCA. world? 
Well, that's right. how I, I think that's how it's pronounced. It's V-U-C-A right? for right. the audience right. out there. What right. does that mean? Talk us through that, and what does it mean also to supply chain? Yeah, so so VUCA is a, is a phrase that, that got generated in the late 80s. It was oh, kind it's of, another acronym? It's an acronym. It was military okay. um, in nature to start with, but it's not anything new. So it's um, volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. Okay, I think I have heard of that. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So... So we are, we are and have been living in this VUCA environment for a significant amount of time. And I right. think the pandemic in and of itself, and I don't want to overspeak the pandemic, but it's, it's shown the light yeah. on the fact that, you know, volatility. So um, the, the increased amount of events that are happening around the world, mm -hmm. right? Um, and those are not decreasing. There was a recent study that I tapped into from Resilink. Mm -hmm. You may have heard of them, yep. right? That they're monitoring supply chain disruption events yeah. around the world. Mm -hmm. um, every one of the categories, with the exception of one, has been increasing year over year. Wow. Right. From a uh, risk standpoint. Well, from a from a disruption, disruption perspective. Yeah, I would and, call it, I mean, and the risk associated with it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and so factory fires mm -hmm. are the number one. Disruptive wow, event, which okay. surprised me. I don't know why that's the case, but yeah, they don't really talk about it. I they don't talk the about news. it, but it's the number one disruptive event. But then the okay. next bulk, which I found really fascinating, mm -hmm. is really all around managerial changes, okay. mergers and acquisitions. Wow. Right? They're, they're not the typical like port disruptions, weather right. events. Like we thought. That we th and they're there. And yeah. they definitely have an impact. But just think about when you merge two companies together, mm -hmm. how disruptive that is, what yeah. you have to do with new management, new systems, et cetera. And yes. so supply chains are not just associated with the external physical environment of disruptions. There's mm -hmm. internal right. disruptions that are, that are impacting them as well. Yeah. Um, wow. But uncertainty is growing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So that that's kind of the, the volatility aspect of it. Mm -hmm. There's uncertainty that's actually growing. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at things like let's just use a logistics example of ocean schedules. Mm -hmm. Right. Ocean schedules pre and post pandemic because they got really bad right. during the pandemic were like in the 80 percent reliability. OK. Wow. So. 20% of the time, 20% <laughs> um, of the time you're actually like not going to be on time. Mm hmm. But you're planning your environment like you are. Like you are. Yes. And then when it's not, what do you do? You react and respond. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a surprise. Mm -hmm. Like we know that this exists. Yeah. And so why are we not taking it in account up front? Mm -hmm. Right. And then the last item was just complexity. So there was a recent study that was done by Gartner. Um, where they went out and surveyed uh, a group of their customers and all these different areas that you would associate with complexity. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, are you going to grow the number of facilities, locations, customers, channels, products, right? right? So all, many things. All of them going up. <laughs> Nothing's going yeah. down. Mm -hmm. So we're just adding more and more complexity into it. So yeah. More disruptions, more uncertainty, more complexity in our supply chain, mm -hmm. and we're still using old approaches and techniques True. to solve them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some people, I mean, I think I saw a study that said 65% of supply chain professionals are still using Excel. Yeah. Well, it's the number one planning tool on the planet. Right. Right. Um, and, which is which is wild. And it's not, you know, what's interesting to me, Sarah, as I've been going through my career, is like you would always think that the larger mm -hmm. companies, right, 
your, your Fortune 100s, right, mm -hmm. are, are on the best and most sophisticated technology. Yeah. And it surprises you when they're not. Yeah. When they're still using Excel and they're still using, you know, that in complement to their systems. Well, and right, to put that, that into perspective too, right? When you're using Excel, you're all you're always uploading and downloading and uploading and downloading information. And that kind of just shows you what the life in a supply chain professional's life using Excel to plan yeah. and how they're moving that data around right. can look like. Well, right. And just even think about the maintainability of that. Like so many of these yeah. spreadsheets are tied to the individual that created them. And did you make another copy and well, then add and something does to else, it? Right. How many versions do we How have? How many versions and can you control it? And when that individual yeah. leaves, like who picks up the pieces to understand what's actually there? That's very, very true because it is tied to them, right? Right, mm -hmm. right. So with all the volatility and complexity, right, conversations around risk and resilience are only going to increase mm -hmm. in importance like you talked about. Right. We need to know what, what we need to look out for and what that number one, I mean, the fires that you were just talking about, that's not even something that I would have thought was, was really high yeah. the high item that we need to think about. Um, and actually, you also say that the age of building supply chains around cost yep. has to be over, which right. is what we've talked about as well. And so let's- well, cost only. It's cost still, only. Yeah, it's still gotta be a consideration. Yeah. Right, but just based on cost or financial performance. Right, because we also can't move through life like that. We need more collaboration in the industry. Sure. Right, collaboration is the future of business. If we are hammering, hammering each other just on cost alone, yep. we're not gonna get anywhere. Right. Individually right. or together, yep. right? Yep. So why is it that we need to also be considering that resiliency? And what does resiliency kind of mean to you? Because yeah. We talk about it, it's a bit of a buzzword, right? And how are organizations sort of balancing um, the varied considerations and objections that, or objectives to change their focus? Yeah. How do we get away from the cost only? How do we consider the resilience in how we move forward? Okay. And what do we need to think about? That's a lot of questions. I there. know. <laughs> I figured you could tie it all in. No, that's, that's good. Um, so, I, so let's start, I guess, with, with definition, right? And there's, uh, my perspective is there's a confusion between resiliency and agility. Okay, right? that's fair. So because there, we use them kind we of We use them inter interchangeably, interchangeably, right? Yeah. And, and I, I, I'm going to ascribe to the definition of agility is the supply chain's ability to adapt and change based on the demand. Okay. Right. So based yeah. on your customer, changes mm -hmm. in your customer's demand, requirements, mm -hmm. products that you're launching in the marketplace, how agile can I adapt to fulfilling demand? Right. Okay. Resiliency is the ability of the supply chain to get back to the expected level of performance mm -hmm. when it's disrupted. Okay. Right. So when I'm disrupted, I lose, we'll use the factory fire as an example or ports or whatever it may be. I lose a piece of my network. Mm -hmm. And if I don't have the ability to respond mm -hmm. to get back to the level of my performance, yeah. I'm not resilient. Well, right? and I want to use another example of cybersecurity as well. Yeah. Right? If yeah. you get hacked. You get hacked. Right. What's the response time? How long is it going to take you to get yeah, back online? Yeah, that's a great online example. Right. So that you can start. Back to the performance that's yeah. expected, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think what we, we, as supply chain professionals, right, so we both, we know that. Resiliency was always important, mm -hmm. but we really learned a re the hard lesson yeah. in during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, how do we get back online? How do, how do we, we get, get back, back on track? Right. How do we bring disruption into, 
you know, our supply chain design and planning. Well, that's right. And doing it up front as opposed to, I mean, there's been a lot of responsiveness planning. Mm -hmm. There's what do I do with my war rooms when things right. happen? Uh, but how do I incorporate crisis this? Crisis management rooms. Crisis too. management I've heard rooms. Crisis war management. rooms. I'm yeah. like, we need to do a supply chain TV show about, yeah, crisis, about management. crisis management <laughs> or war rooms or war rooms. <laughs> um, but it is more. It's more about what you can do up front. So what what did we learn? Why resiliency is important? If we have built our supply chains on minimizing cost, mm -hmm. right? We are not allowed to have redundancy. Right. Right in that world. Because you've got allowed, smaller margins. You've well, got yeah, slim we margins. Can't, we can't have alternative suppliers because those cost money. So this yeah. notion of having a resilient supply chain that can actually bounce back mm -hmm. when it's hit with whatever the disruptions are that are associated with it is like an insurance policy. That's and so, so true. We all take out insurance policies. Yeah. Why? Well, because we've made the decision that if my house got burned down, mm -hmm. or if I got into an auto accident, I need to be protected to bring myself back. Right. And so these strategies around resiliency are exactly the same thing. Mm. If, if companies were better prepared before the pandemic hit, mm -hmm. right, to actually say, I may lose my supply. Right. Right. I may have port congestion that's mm -hmm. that's through the roof. Right. Yeah. I've planned for that contingency mm -hmm. and there's a variety of different strategies to do that. I would not have lost business. Right. Along the way. Time. Right. People. So time, business, customers, people, people. Right. Right. Because when when lines go down. Yep. Right. You have to send them home. You got to send them home there's no unless there's something else that they're doing right, that you've planned for. So. This notion of, of, you know, you asked the question, how well are companies doing balancing it off? We don't think companies are doing a good job at all. Okay. Um, we actually think that that's part of our, what we need to set out to do mm -hmm. is create this environment that you can actually trade off financial considerations with service considerations, with agility, with resiliency, and then let's not forget sustainability. Right. Because now <laughs> sustainability has also come in the forefront of supply chain decision makers. Yeah. So how do I incorporate all of those things in one overarching framework yeah. to help me make better decisions? Yeah. And the end game is not just financial performance for tomorrow, mm -hmm. but it's more of the longer term, like overall performance of the company. So talk to us about the responsive execution. How are they moving away from the resilience that we're talking about to a responsive execution to meet the goals that they have using VUCA? Because I think what you're, what you're really talking to your customers about and really stressing yep. is that it's kind of here to stay. Yep. You need to be resilient. Right. But really, you need to have a response plan. Well, it's not, yeah, it, so I think we say it a little bit differently. Um, it's not that you need to have a response plan. I think the focus today is very much on respond and react. Right. Right. We don't want them reacting anymore. Right. We want them to be proactive. Well, we want them to be proactive, but we, we also want them to react when it makes sense to react. Okay. Right. Fair. So not Fair over, point. not overreacting. Right. right. And so today's environment, you know, we believe in the supply chain planning world. Um, there's a, a framework from Gartner that we like a lot. Mm -hmm. um, it's called Core. Okay. Right. And so it's configure optimum. Here's another, Here's another acronym. acronym that we throw out there if you didn't know about it. Right. So um, we need a dictionary. Oh wait, I have one. We're famous for all these acronyms, right? But 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 sometimes they get it across, and and I, I like them. Um, so configure, optimize, mm -hmm. right, respond, and then execution. Okay. And it's kind of execution visibility. Mm -hmm. So the premise that we have is that so much of today's decisioning 
is because we're not taking uncertainty into account up front, mm -hmm. because we're providing point solutions of answers, so mm -hmm. single numbers, when something doesn't perform to that one single number, we believe we need to react mm -hmm. and we believe we need to respond. Yeah. Right. And so there's just this over concentration and emphasis on building out control towers, mm -hmm. building out command centers. Mm -hmm. Let's do a better job of monitoring the environment that we're operating in. Yeah. Because we didn't take this variability and uncertainty and account up front in our planning. Right. And it's really going to happen. And so let's make sure when it really happens to us, we have everything at our disposal to understand how to react. Yeah. But and I can't. So we're not overreacting. Right. Not overreact. But I can't. I can't replan because my planning cycle is on a monthly cadence. Right. Right. So I, I have to wait for my traditional processes to kick in. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, let's firefight. Let's respond. Let's react at the yeah. bottom. Um, and so we're just we're we're trying to flip the script to say it's not about doing that after the fact, mm -hmm. right? Think about like a manufacturing process where yeah. you build quality in, you build it in upfront and early as you can. Right. We're gonna take that same kind of concept and put more of this in the configure and optimize. So configure design, mm -hmm. optimize traditional planning yeah. and incorporate it up there so we can know within ranges of performance, mm -hmm. this is acceptable. I'm not out of control. So I don't need to do anything. Today, mm -hmm. I'm always out of control because I expect my financial number to be X. And right. I, I expect my lead time to be Y. And right? I think about the mental health aspect of it. <laughs> yeah. Supply <laughs> chain right. professionals, right? They're yeah. dealing with a lot on a daily basis. We've talked about the number of decisions that they have to make on a daily basis as well. And I can just imagine when you are so focused on that one number and not having that resiliency, that flexibility, sure. how overwhelming right. that can be for the leadership. And then that's just going to trickle down, Yeah. which makes people a really good point. overreact yeah. in the moment because we also need to well the higher pressure of that performance to yeah. do in the moment like if i can if i can if i don't have to react in the executional well let's say it this way my decisions in the executional time frame mm -hmm. are really where the rubber hits the road and if yeah. i do something wrong there i can see it right but if i can incorporate in this thinking further upstream mm -hmm. in my decision making then it's less of an issue for that person that has to make the execution decision right cuz they know they're operating within a tolerance range mm -hmm. that doesn't require me, hey, if I make this move, is that going to really be a good or bad move? Well, and I'm going right? to lose my job or... Or I'm going to lose my job. Right? Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's the harsh reality. And we're also looking at burnout. Yep. You don't want burnout. And so how are we giving our supply chain teams the tools, the necessary tools, the response plans, the execution plan, the designing up front right. that really helps them do their job in the way that needs to happen without burnout, without the mental health you know, yeah, crisis that great. we're all it's facing a great perspective. as well. Right. So that's kind of one of the impacts that this can all make in the industry and on the daily lives of supply chain professionals. What other impacts do you see this um, making in the industry as a whole to tackle some of the challenges that we've really been talking about today? Well, I think I think at the end of the day, um, and and it's it's going to sign sound odd that I'm going to go back to the financial performance, right? Okay. But I think at the end of the day, <laughs> not cost only, <laughs> not cost only. Um, but when I when I think about financial performance and viability and sustainability of companies, mm -hmm. I think that the the ability to actually manage this uncertainty up front without this overreaction, right. this overreaction is actually costing us more money. 
more time, more, more time, energy, more energy, more, more money, people, resources, people, people right? burnout. Yeah. And so I, I, we believe that you know the the having to respond after the fact, mm -hmm. as opposed to respond early on, right. is going to have an influence on, on all these categories yeah. right, of, yeah, of yeah, improving yeah. performance. Yeah. So think about decisioning and the decision making and how gains supports their clients and being being able right. to really maximize the impact of that decisioning. If I'm in the audience. So what do I need? To, what kind of company, or do I need to look like to work with you? Where this particular solution makes sense to me? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I mean, it could be almost any company. I mean, there's, mm -hmm. there's not anybody that's, that's like, um, not being impacted by this. But yeah. in general, um, it's, it's organizations where, at the heart and soul, inventory is super important to the success of their business, mm -hmm. and they are operating in you know, multiple locations. So people that have us, or companies that have a single plant mm -hmm. and a single distribution center that's not really typically our customer. Right. So, you know, um, proliferation of product portfolios, multiple locations, extended supply chains. Mm -hmm. um, those are the areas where, where there's value in this. Um, and I think the more that companies are on their growth, what we've seen in a lot of companies that start with us and they're really smallish, Mm -hmm. Right, they're the two, three hundred million dollar companies that then want to get on that path early on, mm -hmm. so that when they grow up to be the one billion plus companies, this is already embedded as part of their DNA. Right. And so, I don't think there's any wrong time to start. Mm -hmm. um, but if things are super simple, mm -hmm. relatively speaking, this is not your play. Right. Right. So, the greater your current degree of complexity mm -hmm. is, uh, the better you're suited to kind of do the stuff with us. Well, they're kind of partnering with you on the competitive advantage and yeah, they on are. the growth trajectory. They are. No, that's a great point. Of what they are doing right. and how they're going to get there. Right. Right. And this is, this is, I mean, we're, we're very clear about it. This is the vision and strategy of where we think we know mm -hmm. we need to take gains. Yeah. I need to support the industry, but we're on the beginning of our journey as well. But the first part of this is admitting that you have a problem. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, That's the hardest part. When it, we talk about challenges, that could be the number one. It could be the number one thing. It's admitting <laughs> that you have a problem, right? Yeah. It's kind of the seven step like processes. And so <laughs> we, while we continue to give value to our current customers mm -hmm. and they're taking advantage of what they have, we'd be remiss to not identify everything we've talked about so far right. needs a different approach. Yeah. It needs a different solution. And so we're starting to uh, you know, get our current customer base interested in going on this journey with us. And we're starting to talk about it in the beginning, but it starts with these talks yeah. right, of acknowledging that we can't keep on doing things the way we're doing yeah. it and we need some change. And that decision making is so important, but you need the support. You need everything to be able to make those decisions and not overreact and not have your teams feel overwhelmed. I'm going to share some stats that I have. Sure. According to a McKinsey survey of more than 1,200 global business leaders, inefficient decision making costs a typical Fortune 500 company 530,000 days of manager's time each year. Crazy. And that's the equivalent to about 250 million in annual wages. So, if you do not think that decision making or decisioning is something that you need to work on, that survey kind of says a different story, doesn't it? It does. All right. It does. So yeah. what, what's one final word, one final piece of advice that you would have for our audience about decision making? Yeah, I, I, I guess the final word that I would actually have is, you know, hopefully you all agree that what we've been using in the past 
is really not appropriate for the yeah. future. And it's going to take um, truly a community. It's not going to just be gains, yeah. right, that's going to make this happen. It's a mm-hmm. way of thinking in supply chain yeah. that we've got to adopt this understanding that variability, uncertainty, complexity, and addressing mm-hmm. it um, is is needed. Mm-hmm. And it's not let's get rid of respond and react, but let's do it so that we're minimizing it, Yeah. right, at the end of the day. Do it better for everybody. Do it better for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and realize that we still want to, you know, part of what we didn't talk about just really, really quick is sure. we're still all about minimizing variability. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's not that this is but like. Can we let's, actually do that? I, I th- mean, let's I th- be real. I think we. Ca- I think okay. we can reduce it. Okay. Right. So there, are, there are things that we can do to reduce the variability that's happening mm-hmm. to us. There are things that we can do to better manage the right. uncertainty. So yeah. there's going to be a level that's going to be. I can't get better than that. Mm-hmm. But many companies are operating up here. Right. Right. And how do we get there? And if you're not there, you need to get you there. You need to get there. And you need to partner with the right people to do that. Yeah. Right. And we think we're one of those people. Well, <laughs> tell everybody then how they can find out more about you. Yeah. I mean, just you know, reach out to us on our website. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn um, and and let's open up a dialogue and conversation about this. Yeah, and the website is gainsystems.com G-A-I-N systems.com if you want more information. Jeff, thank you so much for joining me on the White Couch today. Thank you, it's been my pleasure. Appreciate it. Did you know that the average cost of losing an hourly supply chain worker has reached $19,607? And that recent research shows that 77% of hourly supply chain workers are considering a job change in the next three months. This could have a huge impact on your productivity, bottom line, and culture. Workstep is helping supply chain companies to better engage their distributed hourly workforce at scale. Understand the true reasons behind their workforce turnover and take actions to make positive changes and reduce attrition. Workstep has successfully helped many companies reduce their frontline worker turnover by up to 36%. Visit workstep.com to learn more. So did you have a guess at today's big question? At the top of the show, I asked you, according to Gartner, how much does poor data quality cost companies? Well, it costs an average of $12.9 million every single year. Just imagine the impact on your organization's profits if you improved data quality. If you'd like to hear for more, more from us, we have plenty more content for you featuring the best and brightest in the industry. Head over to letstalksupplychain.com and check out the latest. Plus, use our search function and put in a keyword because if you have a supply chain challenge, we've most likely had the solution on the show. And it's one of the easiest ways to find out which vendor is out there that can help you and whether you're the right fit for them. And remember to come back next week. I'm going to be joined once again by Flexport. And we're going to be talking all about their plans for 2024, what they're currently working on, what they're rolling out. And it is going to be a jam-packed episode that you are not going to want to miss. If you enjoy our show, there's a few ways to support us. You can follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. We're also over on TikTok. You can subscribe to our newsletter at letstalksupplychain.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel, um, Let's Talk Supply Chain. You can also find some really cool merch and over in our shop at letstalksupplychain.com. And we have something for everybody in supply chain. When you're looking... 
whether you're looking for a community to belong to, we've got membership groups under Secret Society of Supply Chain with exclusive content, networking options, um, specific monthly meetups for women in supply chain, marketing professionals in supply chain. So if you're looking for a little bit more community for yourselves in 2024, we have that for you. And it's all over on our website at letstalksupplychain.com. Just look for the box that talks about the Secret Society of Supply Chain. I can't wait to see you in there. I mean, we've got some fun giveaways. We're giving away free pairs of Let's Talk Supply Chain Air Force Ones if you sign up to the Supply Chainers group. And next, if you want to be featured on an upcoming episode, head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And remember, ship happens.